Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to this episode of the Mia's Mentorship Podcast. Today, I'll be having Jess Diamond on. She is a certified life and nutrition coach. She's the host of the podcast, How to 20-something, and is the founder of Jess Diamond Coaching, where she helps college kids and young professionals get through life's biggest changes with a plan and confidence. With her signature Own Your Life coaching program, she helps 20-somethings adapt to their lifestyle changes that come with getting jobs, moving out on their own, developing healthy habits and coping mechanisms, and overcoming independence hardships. Her mission is to help as many college kids and young adults as she can so they don't feel all alone in their journey throughout adulthood, early adulthood. She helps them to develop a solid foundation in their mental, emotional, financial, and physical health so they can develop the self-confidence within themselves to know how to handle future changes, take risks, and think with their future self in mind. So without further ado, please welcome Jess. Hey Jess, how you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being on. So do you want to tell the audience who you are, what you do? Sure. So I'm Jess Diamond. I have a life and nutrition coaching business. It's Jess Diamond Coaching. I help young adults, people in their 20s, navigate life's big changes with confidence and a plan and anything that's going to come their way through different phases of their life so that they have a strong head on their shoulders and know what to do without having a mental breakdown at any moment. I also do one-on-one -on -one personal training, both online and in person, and uh, ch changed my career uh, <laughs> two years ago and have never looked back. Awesome. What got you into wanting to do that in the personal training? Well, I've always been very active. My mom always had me in sports growing up. I just but had an affinity for being healthy for working out for moving my body and just once i lost my job during the pandemic i realized i had time to go learn how to work out and decided to learn by becoming a personal trainer with really no intention of taking that career path but an opportunity came my way and i jumped on it and they trained me and i fell in love with helping people and realized that's what i wanted to do with my life and used coaching as a way to help me get out of the corporate world and just both passions worked well together. And now I do both of them, both part-time, I guess, but full-time together in a way. Yeah. And you, what I thought was really cool about you is that you work primarily with people who are going through like a big change in life, right? Yeah. Can you talk a little more on that? Yeah. So as anyone who is in their 20s or has ever been in their 20s, they know that there's a lot of big changes that happen from moving out on your own to uh, being in charge of what you're eating, how you're moving your body, how your schedule is changing, how you're going through different relationships, how your location is going to keep changing. And really, it's very overwhelming to deal with all of these things, to be a responsible adult, to feel like there's no more time left in your day to do anything fun anymore. And you kind of lose yourself in that process and feel very 
on the verge of a mental breakdown at all times. So I help people develop the solid foundation in their mental, emotional, nutritional, and physical health so that when these big changes happen, they're more equipped to handle them because they have this foundation, this home base to come back and reset themselves and then go out and take more risks and try new things, knowing that other changes are going to accompany them. So the changes that happen, it's more so how do we get through these changes, but also how are we able to handle future changes as well? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the foundational pillars that you're talking about. So you said you focus on mental, emotional, physical, and nutritional. Physical and nutritional. Okay. So what is the importance of these areas? These are the areas that really all relate back to your mental health. So you if you're not feeding yourself properly, if then you won't have the energy to be able to go do things. If you're not working out properly, then your body's not going to be able to carry you into different challenges that you want to do or different experiences you want to try. And both of those relate back to your mental health. They keep you mentally healthy and strong. It's good brain function. It's good nutrients for your body. It's And then like the mental health on the side of that is your stress management, which also ties into physical fitness and nutritional well-being. So it just all connects to one each other. And then your emotional wellness, your emotional health is contingent on maintaining those other factors, your mental health, your physical health and your nutritional health. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into the different stages of life and how these areas may differ or change or, you know, have some alterations, let's talk about like nutritional. What is that? Like, what is the foundation that we need with our nutrition? Oh man. I think the most important thing for people to even think about in regards to nutrition is their protein intake because that is what is going, it has so many benefits. It's It keeps you full longer. So it's your satiety levels. It regulates your hormones better, it, like your blood sugar levels. Your It caters to building muscle into your body so you have a better figure that is now helpful with your workouts. It's just the found, like that is the number one thing I have people focus on before anything else in regards to their nutrition. I mean, we do, when I take my clients through their journey, it's more so connecting very first on how the food they're eating is making them feel so that when we do increase their protein, they're able to understand of like, okay, my body didn't really like this, this much protein at once. Or if they're supplementing with whey protein shakes and they're like, oh, I got a stomach ache after this one, they're able to connect that dot better because now they understand what their body is communicating to them, but it really is. It's like develop the relationship with your body, add protein. And those are the, if those two things are not in place, nothing else is going to matter. Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of people, they don't eat protein and I like to get my protein from like meats before I ever like go to protein powder. Cause the actual whole food is better than the supplement and so a lot of people are like scared because it's a thing nowadays like oh you shouldn't be eating too much meat so people are scared to eat like red meat and so they'll just have chicken but red meat has way more protein than chicken for example and so yeah even overcoming like the misconceptions people have around protein and yeah like you said especially if they want to lose weight then protein keeps you fuller longer, like you mentioned. And so if you're trying to be in a calorie deficit, 
then having more protein will help you stay in that calorie deficit, but you won't feel like hungry. You'll still mm-hmm. feel full all day. So it doesn't really feel like you're in a calorie deficit, which is a really good aspect of that. Yeah, I will say uh, one of my clients right now, she very she under ate for a really, really long time. And we're working to actually build her calories up. And I gave her a smaller protein goal. So for anyone listening that doesn't know, you want to be aiming for one gram per one pound of body weight for protein. That is like the app, like that's what you should be reaching for every single day. It's okay if you go a little bit under, but to make math more simple in your head, one gram per one pound. And I'm trying to get her to at least reach half of her body weight because of how much she's under eating. And this is where she's not full at all to even consume any of it, or she's not hungry at all, excuse me, to consume any of it. So that's when we resort to shakes. So she's at least getting something, but I do agree with you of shoot for the whole foods, meat as protein, like it's not scary. It's actually really, really good for you. It's really hard to overeat whole foods. And when that protein source is coming from those whole foods, it's going to be hard. So if you are trying to lose fat, that is the way to go. Wouldn't even say losing weight because we want that muscle to be added onto you. And that's also where the protein is going to help you out. Yeah. Yeah. I like to stress that a lot too, is it's not like, as people will fixate on the scale weight, but it's mm-hmm. like the scale weight doesn't measure fat. It doesn't measure muscle. It doesn't measure water retention. Like you don't know what that weight is. And so it's like, you can be making excellent progress, but your weight hasn't gone down that much. And they think of people will think of that as, oh, like this is a loss, you know, like I'm not making progress, but in reality, they're improving their nutrition, they're improving their physical fitness, they're improving their mental health, their habits, they're improving their stress, their sleep, but they look at the scale and they have that as like an idol and they're like, oh, but my weight's not really going down or my weight's the same. And it's like, but you have to look at all these other areas. It's not just the scale. Yeah, the scale is gravity that is like your pull on gravity is what that number is telling you it means nothing else i know that there's doctors honestly doctors are really bad about this they're like you need to be a certain weight but if you looked at a 145 pound female with say 35 percent body fat and 145 pound female with 22 percent body fat they're going to look very, very different. They're going to have very different size clothing. clothing. They're going to have different habits. They're going to view themselves differently. The one's going to look amazing and the other one's going to look very insecure in her own body. And But they weigh the exact same. So yeah. I honestly tell my clients, throw the scale out the window. Don't even look at it. It's not important. And we start, I redirect their focus to other aspects. Like as you were saying, so if someone is really concerned about the progress they're making and they need that validation from the scale, I'll have them take progress pictures. I'll have them take measurements like circumference measurements about around different parts of their body and base it off of those numbers. And if seriously ask yourself, if every time you step on the scale, you feel worse when you step off of it, it's time to put the scale away and redirect your energy to something else. Like how's your sleep quality? How's your stress management? How's your mood? How are your relationships? How are your habits on a regular basis? And stop worrying about what this number is telling you and it's defining you and you're letting it define you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I have a friend and he like body builds and doctors would say he's obese because of his weight compared to his like height and age and everything. But it's like, this guy is like jacked and he eats healthy too. So, cause bodybuilders can be unhealthy cause they just do go for the aesthetics, but like he is healthy and he's like big and he's considered obese, you know? So yeah, it's like looking at the scale is just outrageous. Like only, only looking at the scale is just, yeah, yeah. not a good measurement. Yeah. Only looking at the scale. There's so many yeah. other ways to look at your health and the markers that define it. And exactly. the scale can also fluctuate too. So if I do have some clients that they're like, no, no, I need it. I can't part with it. It's like, okay, you pick one day a week. I honestly say one day a month, but if you really, if you are used to measuring or weighing yourself every other day or every day, pick one day a week. I recommend Wednesdays because that's middle of the week. So any weight, like water retention from the weekend is going to be gone by then. Wednesdays, you're pretty consistent with your week by that point. So pick Wednesdays every single day. As soon as you wake up and use the restroom, go weigh yourself on not every single day, every single Wednesday. And that's it. That's going to give you that consistent marker. I had one client on Monday. She was like, I've been, I'm gaining weight. I weighed myself last night and I was like, well, why would you weigh yourself at night? And she's like, I don't know. I just did it. I don't usually. And I was like, well, there you go. Your weight can change like as much as 10 pounds in a given day. And she's like, and then she added, she's like, it was after a glass of wine. It was, and I was like, you're killing me here. Why did you do that to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like for women, especially as your hormones fluctuate throughout the much your uh, throughout the month your water retention rates are going up and down as well and so if you weigh yourself like the week before your period or on your period you're probably going to weigh a little more because of the water retention during that time and also again like yeah if you at the end of the day you're going to weigh more because you just ate and all that versus if you're weighing yourself and you haven't eaten for the past like 16 hours, you're going to weigh less. And so, yeah, it's like all these different little factors, like how much you ate that day. When was the last time you ate? Did you get a good night's rest? Are you stressed? Cause even stress can make like, like little weights, uh, little, a little bit of pounds change. And yeah, I think it's also really important to remember that whenever you do weigh yourself, like if you're going to weigh yourself, make sure that it's consistent, like not even just the day, but also like make sure that you're eating the same times, you know, to make it as accurate as possible. But yeah, I think it is just best to throw it out the window, like you said. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I will weigh myself every now and then. And I will base if I really want to weigh myself and I'm about to get my period, I'm like, no, we're waiting because not even just for the water retention purpose, but also because I'm mentally at my strongest right after. So even if I don't like the number that's being read to me, I can handle it a lot better because I'm mentally stronger during right after my period is over. Yeah. All right, let's now talk about the physical aspect of things. So what are some like key foundational pillars like throughout every aspect of your, throughout every stage of life that you should make sure that you are having these foundational pillars set in your life? I think when it comes down to it, it's consistency. So 
picking some form of physical fitness that you are going to be the most consistent at first. So I start with what do you like to do? I have a client that loves salsa dancing. I'm like, great, go salsa dancing, move your body, do something. And then once they've developed that relationship of exercise can be fun, movement can be fun we get to build on it. And they're like, okay, now I actually want to work on these physique goals. And that's when I progress them into a strength training program. I think regardless of whatever age you are, you need to be strength training to some extent. And that can be one time a week at minimum. You don't need to do seven times. You don't need to do in a full body split where you've got like chest and tries, back and buys, legs, and like all these different types of like ways to do it. You can do one day a week, a full body workout. I have many clients that I see in the gym once a week, and that is, that's perfect. It's something to get you started without this overwhelming commitment to be at the gym every single day. You do not need to be there every day, but you need to build muscle onto your body, especially as a female and especially as you age. It's going to help manage your hormones. It's going to help with any physique fluctuations that do happen as you get older you go through puberty in like middle school or high school you go through a second puberty in your 20s you honestly go through a third one in your 30s because this is your body preparing for you to have children whether you want children or not that's going to be your natural process and then you start pre-menopause and then menopause and post-menopause having muscle on your body is going to minimize the uh, hormonal effects and the aging effects as you get older. Cause if you're, there's a saying of, if you're not progressing, you're regressing. There is no staying the same for your body. So if you're not actually actively trying to build muscle and put muscle on your frame, your body is tearing itself down. This is why old people fall over a lot. This is why your bones get more brittle and you break more easily as you get older. Having the muscle on your body makes your bones stronger. It makes your balance better. It makes your hormones better. It just it benefits you in so many different ways other than just looking better even though it does that as well yeah I think that's really important because people will say oh well you know I don't really like they look in the mirror and they look fine so like oh well I don't need to exercise because you know I'm happy with my body but you have to go beyond that it's like even if you're happy with how you look you have to look at the future like when you get older and even now you can feel so much better by taking care of your body by weight training and adding in some cardio or hit, you know, whatever you like, whether it's joining a sport or salsa dancing, like you said, swimming, you know, whatever it is, riding a bike, um, running, you know, whatever you like and whatever feels good, doing those things will help your body feel better as you get older. Yeah. And you can, it's hard, especially in, today's world with social media everywhere, you see so many different bodies all over the internet. And you could see the skinniest girl with the most amazing figure, but on the inside, she's so unhealthy. You don't know that she probably has not had a period in three years. You don't know that she doesn't have enough energy to do anything besides like go run one errand a day. You don't know that her hair is falling out. You don't know that her skin is really depleted. Like you don't know what's happening to her internally. You're just seeing this picture and being like, I want to look like her. And for mentally, psychologically, you think that's going to be doing cardio, like moving more and eating less. And that's not 
actually beneficial to your overall health and well-being what's beneficial is eating enough for your body type eating in fact like probably eating a little bit more so you can put on that muscle and allowing your body to be able to feel good have good energy and have the life that you want to live outside of comparing yourself to some girl that looks really good on the internet yeah yeah I don't like social media like I I have so I don't so I have a personal social media account I do not ever go on it I only ever go on like my business account and even then I don't scroll I just I post and I get off like it's just I do not like social media at all I hope that it goes away eventually and it doesn't just keep because it's so popular like that's a different subject but it's just so popular now (laughs) um or at least what it is changes yeah so okay now the emotional and mental aspect of things okay so depending on where you're at in life your well i guess and not even depending on where you're at you need to take care of your mental health in as best ways as possible so having a morning routine having an evening routine mental health ties really hard to sleep because if you get bad sleep everything else is thrown out the window. So that's where that evening routine comes in. I say like your evening routine is actually more important than your morning because without the evening, without the good night's sleep, your morning routine is a lot harder to do and it's a lot harder to get things done that next day. So my morning routine has a lot of very mentally strong aspects to it. I say affirmations, I write down my to-do list, I pick like more affirmation cards. Uh, My mom is really big into angel cards and it's basically like you pick a card and it has a word on it and that's the angel that's with you for that day. I play music, like I get my energy up and sometimes this is at 4.45 in the morning for a 5.30 client, but it's every single day to some extent I am doing that mentally healthy morning routine because it's what's going to encourage me to handle any challenges that might lie in the day ahead. And it just, I feel more at peace and more centered when I do so as well. So that's just things to take care of my mental health that works for me and finding what works for you is what's going to encourage you to go do the other things. It's going to encourage you to make better decisions in your nutrition, in your physical fitness, and give you that energy, that motivation, and that discipline to go do what you need to do for your overall health and well-being. Yeah. So now I want to talk about how these things might look different depending on the stage of life you're in. So like with the morning routine, for example, if you have a lot of time on your hands, then you can have like an extended morning routine. But if you have kids and you're married and you work full time, you may only be able to have like a 10 to 15 minute morning routine. So let's talk about those things now. Okay. So I'll start with if you're in college, you have a lot more time flexibility So it is, but it's, you have, you're a lot less likely to take care of yourself because life hasn't caught up with you yet. So you're better equipped to handle all of, honestly, all the trash that you throw at yourself. So all the late nights, all the alcohol, all the bad food, like your body's a lot more resilient. So you're not thinking about these mental health qualities or any of the healths that I, that we've been talking about, like any of them, because they haven't really affected you. And then when you enter the real world, the adulting world, having a full-time job, a lot of people fall into a depressive state because now they don't have this time freedom anymore. Now they're getting less sunlight. Now they're have like, they're forced to realize that their actions are 
like they're suffering the consequences of any actions that they take. So yeah. they have to learn how to time manage and honestly prioritize this part of their morning routine into their day and what that looks like. So even if it's this also like goes into if you're a parent. So anyone that has a spare 10 minutes, this is where that works. You don't need an extensive morning routine that's an hour and a half long where you see people on social media like they'll journal for 30 minutes they'll read for 30 minutes they'll go exercise and like they get all this done it's like they're waking up at 5 30 it's like you don't need to do that unless you absolutely have to if there's no other time for you to take care of yourself but you are also going to bed early then waking up a little earlier might be what you need to do even if it's five minutes, even if you allow yourself, your alarm goes off and you can just lay in your bed and meditate, not fall back asleep. <laughs> need to make that very clear. I tell people, I'm like, get up, go to the bathroom, come back to bed, because at least like you've got some blood flowing and meditate. Think about your day ahead. Just get your thoughts in order. And it just takes five minutes and then you can go and go on with your day. It, it's make it as simple as possible so that you can build off of it. And that's going to apply to any phase of your life, anything new that you're doing, start with that first step, start with the five minutes and then see where you can buy some extra time. See if you're married with kids, if your partner can help out in the mornings a little bit more so you can do an extra thing for yourself. Because when you put yourself first, you are then able to be there for the other people in your life. But it starts with you. It starts with your morning routine. It starts with those first five minutes and how you're starting your day that sets the tone for the rest of that day. Yeah. And so now what about the physical aspect of things? All right. So if I think for college kids, I tell people treat your physical fitness like it's another class. So look at your schedule that next day see how you're going to fit in enough time to do at least like a 30 minute workout. So doing something, but getting into that habit of doing that every day and finding where it's going to fit into your schedule for that day. Cause it's not gonna be the same time every day. Mm -hmm. When you start with your first nine to five job, be, have a real conversation with yourself is like, if you're, I will say morning workout goers are proven to be more consistent because life doesn't get in the way in the morning. So you're able to get it done check that box off and then you also have more of a tendency to eat better and you'll have better energy you'll be able to go throughout your day a little bit better providing your workout is not something that depletes your body because that's also a whole other thing of your workout should leave you walking out of the gym feeling energized yeah. you have kids your kids it is i can't stress how important it is for your kids to watch you prioritize fitness for you to make it a normal occurrence of nope mommy's gonna go work out now Mom, daddy's gonna go work out like whoever you are listening it's if it's a home gym if you have just you honestly just need your body weight for a lot of things if your kid is hugging onto you if you have like a toddler and they will not let go great that's added resistance hold on to them go into some squats do some lunges like you can make it work it again especially if you are a newer parent and you're still juggling like your kids aren't in school yet and you have to manage caring for an entire human that doesn't know how to do anything and gets into everything it's making it work as best as possible it's doing one set of 10 body weight squats 
every now and then or when nap time happens it's instead of sitting on the couch like actively doing things even if that is cleaning the house or putting toys away and just shifting your mindset of any form of movement is going to be good for you rather than i have to get to the gym and if i don't the workout doesn't count or it doesn't matter if i don't start my watch the workout didn't count like it's it's detaching yourself from what you define a workout to be and being realistic of you have less time, you have another human, you have a different body, and your workout demands have to be able to adapt to your lifestyle demands too. Yeah, and I think it's also important to remember like, yeah, like if your toddler is down for a nap or something, you know, obviously you can't leave the house and go for a walk because they're taking a nap in the house and you can't just leave them alone. But it's like, even if you don't feel like, cleaning and you still want to do something that's just kind of relaxing for your brain you can just like walk around the house you know like listen to a podcast and walk around the house like to stay moving and I know it sounds weird like just listening to a podcast and walking around but it'll feel much better than sitting on the couch after you do it and even while doing it or if you're able to like read while walking around the house if you're able to not step on toys I guess (laughs) yeah and you can also take your kids out too like yeah, like a, yeah, older kids. go for a walk. It's they need the fresh air just as much as you do. And it's if they're asleep, it doesn't matter. If they're awake, also doesn't matter. It's like you can you can find the ways to make it work if you prioritize it the most. Yeah, exactly. And even differences, because like of course, all of this, like we're saying general, and of course it gets more personalized with every person. So even when it comes to like what your job is. So for example, people who have a physical job where they are like exercising a lot at their job, like whether they're in construction or mechanics or whatever, they might not have to exercise as much because they are like, you know, still do weightlifting or like whatever you like, you know, a couple times a week, but they don't have to worry so much about going out of their way to do that versus someone who does like sit down for their job or they don't really move much you should try to prioritize exercising more in a given week. And so it's like even these like little aspects can determine like, well, you know, how much can I or should I or do I really need to exercise? Yeah, you have to be intentional with it. I mean, back in the day, everyone's jobs were a lot more active. And now everyone not everyone but i would say a majority of people have a desk job and i tell people all the time when they tell me they have a desk job i was like the desk job is the worst thing to happen to the human body it is destroying you when i i had a desk job so i know what it does to you i've watched it happen to my coworkers. i implemented at my old job walk a clock and every two hours or so i would grab two of my coworkers. we'd go for a five minute walk around a pond nearby and then we'd come back and get to work and it was nice it was a nice break from the computer it got us up and moving it got us some sunshine especially in the winter months when by the time you get home there isn't sunshine left it's like yeah. it's really little things that no one you ha- it's not no one, but it, it has to be an extra thought in your head of how can I find ways to move my body? Is it parking further away from the building? Is it taking the stairs instead of the elevator? Is it going on walks throughout the day? Like where can I fit in extra movement aside from going from laying in my bed to driving in my car to sitting at a desk to driving in my car to sitting on a couch? 
-hmm. you have to plug it in. You have to think about where it's going to fit in with your schedule, even if it's for 10 minutes, even if it's pairing it with every meal is going to be the easiest and most beneficial way for you to do it because of blood sugar levels. It helps regulate you. It leads to less cravings and everything. But after breakfast, lunch, and dinner, go for a 10 minute walk. And that's 30 minutes right there. And that's 30, 30 minutes more than what you would have done previously, which adds up. It all compounds on itself. It's it's not for nothing. Yeah. So lastly, I want to talk about nutrition and how that might change. And of course, like whole foods, you know, is pretty consistent throughout your whole life. But let's talk about things like, for example, when you don't have much money in college, you know, uh, what is better than nothing? Like, for example, if you can't afford organic fruits and vegetables or like grass fed beef, you know, that having canned fruits and vegetables and buying like regular beef is still better than eating processed carbs and sugars or ultra processed carbs and sugars and seed oils and all that. So let's talk about that more. Yeah. So college is tough because again, you're not thinking about it. A lot of, I will say like a lot of college kids have meal plans through their university. So that's helpful. But the bottom line is where are you finding your protein? I think if you just keep asking yourself every meal you sit down to eat, just ask yourself, where's the protein in this meal? And if it is anything less than 20 grams, where can you add some more? So 20 grams is that minimum for your meal, like bare minimum. You do not want to be less than that. Otherwise, it's not going to really help you. It's not going to benefit you. You're going to be hungry again 30 minutes later. So that even in and of itself is that being hungry 30 minutes later, you're going to have to go buy something else to eat. So you might as well buy a little bit not even higher price, but I would say it's higher price of like buying a pack of chicken versus a pack of ramen. And that chicken is going to last you longer in terms of fullness throughout the day. As you get older, I really, I teach a lot of different types of meal prepping because I know there's people that hate leftovers and I know there's people that hate prepping all their meals into one day. Like I get it. I'm People also don't like eating the same meal every single day. And I'm very realistic with that. I'm a person that can eat the same thing every single day for the rest of my life and be fine. But the way I explain it is, again, when you go grocery shopping, pick a protein, think about what two sides pair with this, what type of carb, what type of vegetables. You need that fiber in there as well. And from there, you can usually make a couple of different variations using that same piece of protein. And what prepping could look like is you just cutting up everything into their portions, having it ready to go, having the seasoning ready, having it all in their containers so that it's one less step for you to do and one less thing for you to think about when that meal actually comes. And that works across all ages throughout any phase of your life. When you have kids, it does become a bit more challenging as you're going to have more junk food in the house, but that's on you as the parent that the kid isn't going to the supermarket themselves and picking out the junk food. You've introduced that to them. So it's up to you of what you want to bring into their life, what you want to be deemed as normal for them and set the tone for that. And that is whole foods. Kids don't know any differently. If you give a kid who has never had sugar in their life, like a piece of cake, they're actually not going to like it because it's too sweet because they haven't developed that 
tendency to crave the sugar. That's something that's learned over time. And again, as the parent, that's on you to determine what you want for your kid. The easy way out is the junk food, but that's easy short term. Think about the long term detrimental effects it has on them. It has on their development and their brain growth and their energy and their mood levels and their bodies. Like that's your job as a parent. They don't get to choose. It's on you to choose for them and build those habits from day one. Yeah. Yeah. I think for like buying fruits and nuts, like for snacks for your kids instead of yeah like the junk food because like you mentioned it's something like even baby foods nowadays have refined carbs and refined sugars and seed oils like in baby food you know and so it's like they're getting addicted to this stuff super young like literally when they're like one years old two years old and so you have to go out of your way to provide for them good foods but like you said it will benefit them and you long term all right well we are running out of time I love talking with you I want to have you back on for sure this was a great conversation where can the audience find you so I well first I want to say thank you for having me on this is great I love talking about this type of stuff people's habits and their behaviors and how it doesn't have to be so complicated but uh, you can find me on Instagram at coach.justdiamond or on my website at justdiamondcoaching.com. I have a bunch of offers coming up. I do one-on-one nutrition coaching. I love to help people. And I hope this podcast gave some clarity to you in some way. Awesome. Thank you, Jess. I appreciate you being on. Yeah, thank you. Please give Jess a round of applause. That was an awesome episode. I'm so thankful that she could be on. If you are interested in working with her or talking with her, then all of her information will be below in the show notes. And if you're interested in working with me, then you can head to miasmentorship.com where you can learn more about my educational courses or you can apply to work with me one-on-one. You can also get more free content like this from my Instagram, which is miasmentorship.com mentorship. I also have a blog that you can go to, which I post on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I hope that y'all have a blessed day. Bye.